Hello, welcome to The Last 10 Minutes. This is a comedy podcast where we watch the last 10 minutes of films we've never seen and try to work out what happened in them. My name is William Seabag Montefiore, what a posh name, and this is Sean Matthews, less posh name. Hi, Sean. Hi, how's it going? And we're joined today by Conor McReynolds. Oh, it's good, man, it's good. We're joined today by Conor McReynolds, who is a radio presenter, podcaster, writer, comedian, and mental health advocate. But he's probably best known for his career-defining performance of Stanley Kowalski in A Streetcar Named Desire at School, for which he was awarded 100%. Welcome, Conor McReynolds. It is a divine pleasure to be here. It's lovely to have you. Thanks for coming. I'm very excited. Oh, we're all excited because it's Christmas! Woo! We wish you a merry podcast. <laughs> also, I'd like to say, I'm probably speaking over someone currently, but I'd like to say that my Wi-Fi is real bad, so I'm the butt of all the jokes today because we're doing this remotely. <laughs> so if, if anything goes wrong, all my fault. You're definitely the butt. <laughs> I think we can find a way, if we work together, uh, to blame this on Boris Johnson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we could. <laughs> it, the know. rules were unclear. The rules of my Wi-Fi connection were really unclear. And I they just were tried to so unclear. You can You're... connect, but not in a household of more than four. <laughs> you can only connect outside. Your uh, Wi-Fi you know, will only... be your Wi-Fi will be really good between the twenty-third and the twenty-eighth of December. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's because everyone's going to be stuck in traffic jams. Nobody's going to be on Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Those are going to be prime Wi-Fi hours. Uh, <laughs> uh, it is absolutely wonderful to be here on the podcast again, gents. I, I'm I'm so excited. Uh, do you guys do, do you want to? Thanks tell for coming back, lovely people. What we what we've been watching, what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, I think I think uh, I think it's good if you do it, considering you're hosting. It would be lovely to hear what you have to say, Connor. Well. Obviously, it's December, it's Christmas time, and so we thought it would be fun to do a little Christmas special. And everybody's seen Home yeah, Alone, Christmas and everyone's special. seen Elf, and so we needed to find a film that uh, Sean and Will hadn't seen, but that I'd seen, and that film was the 1989 family classic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah. And so... Well, Sean, you guys watched the last 10 minutes of this film, is that correct? Uh, yes. That is yeah. true. That is a fact. That is a fact. That's already one point to Will. We're flying here. Uh, well, Sean yeah. Matthews, I well, want to I'm know... Five, baby. Before you tell me anything about what happened in the last 10 minutes, did you enjoy the last 10 minutes of this film, Sean? Uh, yeah, I did. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Brilliant. Well, what did you know about the film in advance? Um, I I didn't know much about it. I, I I thought there was another film which was not about Christmas, um, sure. which was also about lampoons and things and adventures. But um, well, now but... this this makes me wonder, Sean. What do you think a lampoon is? Oh, I would imagine like it's an extravaganza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's an extravaganza, Sean? Well, you know, like an experience, like uh, like something, you know... You an do... experience. An <laughs> yeah. extravaganza. I like this. This is just turning it's into just the word experience. association game. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Sean did work extravaganza at school. He went out and did work <laughs> extravaganza. <laughs> it was fantastic. It was at Greenwich Design Associates, graphic design studio, and it was a lampoon, that's for sure. 
That's marvelous. Will, how about you? What was your experience of the last 10 minutes of this film? I liked it. I, I don't know. It was like a very Christmassy sort of... It, it felt like they tried to... Sh- I don't know. It's the end of a Christmas film, isn't it? So it's got to be uplifting. It feels like like a, a cheap version of It's a Wonderful Life. Of like, <laughs> oh, the American capitalist dream has failed me. Oh, great. We got the money. Oh, but actually the money wasn't important. It was the star that was important. And then they sing the national anthem. What? <laughs> it's true America. It's true America. Do you know what's funny though? Have you guys is... re- have you guys noticed that in most Christmas films someone dies? What? Yeah, like there's always like a really sad, tragic death. Um, Sean, I'm literally struggling to think of one not, not Christmas film where someone dies. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, it's Who a wonderful dies? life. Sean, uh, wait, no, stop. No one dies. Whole, in hold Carol. on, Sean, this is crazy. It's a wonderful life. The whole point was that he didn't die. <laughs> and Muppet to... Christmas Carol. Who died in Muppet Christmas Carol? <laughs> is Marley Kermit Marley. dead? <laughs> what? This is that. What a sh- Bob Marley you died. You jumped before. onto something. Like, I feel like. Also, nobody died in this one. No, that's yeah. true. I, it's just something I've noticed. Like, but Sean, this is a very history. inaccurate observation. I'm so sorry. What? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a political pundit. He's just come on and said something provocative to hope it gets a reaction. <laughs> Sean, we now need to hear. I, I don't know if I can leave this until you can accurately tell us a film where someone died at Christmas time. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking of one with lots of death in it, and if you say it, then we get to move on. Uh, die Hard. Oh yes, yeah, correct. He's got one. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh thank That's God. It. Yeah, yeah. I think I Sean mean... just watched Die Hard and saw a lot of deaths, <laughs> and then thought, on average, if you take that tally yeah. and put it across all Christmas films, it evens out to about one death per film. Uh, but actually, yeah. they all took place in. Yeah, Die yeah. Hard. The average, because so many people die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was excellent. An amazing Absolutely. observation. But nobody died, well, as far as I was aware, in this film. No, indeed, Will. I feel like we might be in safer hands if you tell us what you <laughs> saw in the last ten minutes, because clearly what Sean watched was not the last ten minutes of National Lampoon. Uh, right. Well, it starts. It opens on a school shooting, and then it. Um... <laughs> no, it's. Uh... So it opens with um a dad giving fake Will Ferrell some advice. I was convinced it was Will Ferrell at the start, and I was like, no, this isn't Will mm. Ferrell. Uh, the guy is like called Clive or Clark or something. Yes. Um, so he's getting. He's getting Although for this for this podcast, I will just be calling him Chevy Chase. The the okay, actor was cool. Chevy Chase. Yeah, but that's, sorry, that's I, I won't call him by his character name because he's just Chevy Chase. Sorry to interrupt, Will. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. I you probably interrupted like twenty seconds before I waited for the interruption, <laughs> so I apologize for that. Um, so Chevy Farrell is wandering around. <laughs> and is that actually Chevy Chase? I, I have only seen Chevy Chase as an older person. Yeah, um, yeah. Time. I do, Chevy Chase. Honest, I always get Chevy Chase mixed, with, mixed up with Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> they're so different. Oh my God, they're so different. 
<laughs> Name three incredible. facts about both of them, please, Sean. Uh, well, Chuck Norris is was in a lot of films about like being a badass and and really muscly. And Chevy Chase is a comedian and quite funny. Uh, and uh, I think it's more than name. Okay. The name the I sound... got mixed up. Because they're both two syllables. And it's kind the of ch sound, that. isn't it? It's the ch sound, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're, they're not two syllables. Chevy is che two. Chase. Chase is one. Two Chuck words. is one and Norris two is words. two. Two words. Two words. I didn't mean syllables. <laughs> That's true. They both have a surname and a first name. That's true. I'm really good at charades, guys, by the way. <laughs> Sean, so far, has said that someone dies in every Christmas film and Debbie Chase and Chuck Norris have the same amount of syllables. Totally. Are they doing their full name, I suppose? Anyway, I am fascinated. Is, sorry, I, I really wish... from his dad. Yes. Pep talk from his dad. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> No, no, no. If you're fascinated, please, let's go back to the fascination. We don't need to know about the pep talk. <laughs> I just... Imagine if we'd heard about what Sean thought of this film before he watched the last ten minutes. Because he'd be like, well, obviously someone's going to die. And Chuck Norris is probably going to beat up a bunch yeah. of bad guys. <laughs> what that's a different my, film you're that's, describing. That's my kind of lampoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what... <laughs> It's called Chuck Norris's Extravaganza. He just goes around murdering people. Oh, this script's writing oh, itself. Right, no. Let's 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 shut up and listen. Okay, here we go. Clive or Chevy Chase. Uh, he's getting a pep talk from his dad, who basically who has very kind old eyes, and he says that the only way to get through Christmas is with Jack Daniels, which is sad and a bit true. Um, and he, his dad is retiring from reading the night before Christmas, which is a real weird job. Um, and then, so Chuck Norris gets to read the, the night before Christmas. And then his cousin, who's from the South and is therefore crazy, uh, has tied up his boss and brought his boss to Christmas. Uh, brought, uh, sorry, Clive's boss to Christmas or Clark mm. or Clive or whatever. They all, they call him different things each time. Um, he turns up. Turns out that Clive's Clive's boss is a big baddie, and he didn't give him a bonus. And so they they talk him into giving him a bonus by being like morally pure and being like, "I'll take the rap for this." But you're, oh, do, 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 do. and then the 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 boss sees sense, and then it's all it all seems resolved. And then the film just goes completely off the freaking rails because the next <laughs> sentences I'm about to say involve sewer gas SWAT teams. And a, a third thing that I can't remember. Oh, yeah, Christmas Star. <laughs> I did that with a real confident <laughs> list of three, and I forgot the third thing I was going to say. Um, but basically, it's all <laughs> sorted, and there's a Christmas Star and some sewer gas, and it explodes. The American police, are, as we know, are dreadful and overreact, and then they sing oh, the nice. national anthem. That's the Christmas film. That's the film. That That is essentially the last 10 minutes in a nutshell. Sean, is there anything that you feel Will has left out there? I mean, I have no idea what you watched. Chuck actually. Norris? Uh, so, Chuck yeah, Norris, what, yeah, what did you Chuck. see that the rest of us didn't? Probably the fact that they were calling him Clive and Chuck most of the film, uh, most of the 10 minutes. Um, no, I think you got it spot on. Uh, it was, it was def is that what Lampoon is? That's what I want to know, like... <laughs> what, what what it it jumps from many different things and um i i guess i always knew it was going to be mental in in terms of like sure in, like all, always going to be jumpy 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 um but yeah. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. But yeah, Will Will's very good at explaining things. <laughs> so th- there are a couple of things in there. You are absolutely correct, Will. That is what you saw. And I'm relieved to hear that Sean was able to relate to that uh, because that means that Sean did watch the last 10 minutes of the right film, despite what the tone of yeah, the Yeah, Sean was, was just the like, beginning. Well, they were all in Nakatomi Plaza, and Alan Rickman was there. <laughs> I think uh, to, to explain one of the things that confused you guys, uh, the, the singing of Star Spangled Banner at the end, that was a callback to an earlier joke where the very confused uh, old lady who started singing it was asked to say grace at Christmas dinner and she started singing old or mm. Star Spangled Banner because she's old and confused and everyone just joined in. So then she started singing it again and that was a callback rather than it just being like... A I see, of, but we're like... <laughs> we're the production team... Or did they all have dementia too? Or were they just like, yeah, lovely little nationalist wet dream at the end there. We'll just sing the whole thing. That'll be good. Uh, you know what We won't sing a Christmas like. song. We'll sing the national anthem. Yeah. Good old I think old if I ever Christian went American to America again. English. I think if I ever went to America <laughs> again, English all I would Christmas do would film. just start chanting USA, USA, USA everywhere I go. Because I think they feel that if they don't do that, it's tantamount to like joining up with uh, Al Qaeda or something. Like, oh yeah, yeah, crazy. definitely. <laughs> to any li- American listeners, I... hey, you're crazy. Yeah, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we judge you by the by completely unfair standards and ignore by the a 1989 Christmas film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, gents, I have to ask. Uh, Sean, let's go to you here. And I sort of dread to think what you're about to say. <laughs> but you saw the last 10 minutes. So what do you think came before that? I think... Uh, I, I think there was like... In the, in the beginning of the film, there was a big ruckus in terms of... Uh, he, he didn't... He was like, oh, you know, I don't know how I'm going to save Christmas. I think... I'm going to have to get in my car and go somewhere. So uh, he took the whole family and they went uh, to Mexico. And uh, when they got to Mexico, <laughs> they they had to turn back round because uh, <laughs> they ate uh, too much Mexican food. It was very delicious. Sure. And, sure. Um, and uh, you know, just so many obstacles get in the way. I think that's the thing that's so... Uh, about all Christmas films, but particularly this film, like it's just a bonanza, a bonanza of, of fun. <laughs> and um, I think they just drive around the whole of the US and get into s- such shenanigans and lampoons. And um, yeah, we end there up is having so much that. bullshit in what you just said there, <laughs> and yet there is a slight element of truth also in it. It's weird. It's yeah, so I mean, wrong, that, but yet also a little bit right. Will, what do you think happened? Well, I think, first of all, Sean's vocabulary for whimsy is incredible. <laughs> Extravaganza, <laughs> bonanza, and whatever else you say. Shenanigans, shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans, that was it. I can't remember that every third item in my list just disappears. Um, what do I think happened in the rest of the film? Uh, it's. 
I think it's their Christmas vacation. I don't think they go anywhere. I think it's just they call it Christmas vacation, like when it's their time off. It's like their Christmas holidays. Mm. Um, I think basically it seems to me like a comedic sort of almost a retelling. No, not really. It's in, it feels inspired by the It's a Wonderful Lifestyle of the guy works really hard for the man and like he's doing the right thing by being a family man and working yeah. for the same company for Capitalism uh, 17 years. And, and he's working away just to try and give everyone a good christmas i also think it's the first time his family have hosted christmas so he's invited mm. the whole family round for christmas to their house and has got to make it great but then can't make ends meet now that's that's sort of the motivation of what's happening what actually happens in the scenes no idea oh i don't know <laughs> you both have hit on absolutely accurate things there sean when you said it's just a series of obstacles. mishaps and obstacles. You are absolutely right. And Will, you were spot on when you said that he is, he's this hardworking guy who wants to provide for his family at Christmas. It is the first time that his parents have been there for Christmas and that the whole family are at his and he's playing the kind of patriarch figure and everything goes wrong at Christmas. Uh, yeah, you guys, you're, you're spot on. It's sort of a weird one where they, kind do, of do there they, is a plot a and there isn't. Do they, yes, do, they, do they go to Mexico? Oh, the, that is where the bullshit was very oh, strong. Okay, yeah. uh, it, it was stinky bullshit there. Yeah. Uh, no, they yeah. don't. Do you remember how it was all snowy, Sean, and they sung the <laughs> American national anthem? Yeah, was, but yeah. I just thought maybe that, you know, you've got an hour and a half to two hours in a film. They might, they might have a little extravaganza around the U.S., <laughs> uh, no, they, they don't go to Mexico at any point. They do get in their car at the very beginning to go get a Christmas tree, but then they're pretty much at home for the rest of the film. Okay. Uh, so, so that so is in. Did they go to Mexico to get the tree? <laughs> <laughs> a kind of, yeah, a Guadalajara Christmas tree. No, I don't believe they do. <laughs> I believe that is in America. Right. Uh, Gents, one second, I apologise. I've got a, a, a soaking wet cat at the window that I've got to let in. Apologies. We're going to have to edit this out. Or we can leave it in. This is yeah, That's a wet-ass pussy. I think that <laughs> is. I've got a wet-ass pussy. That I've got I knew that joke was coming, but I also think we should totally leave it in because it's gold. Is it gold? Uh, Sean, can you do an advert from our sponsor, please? Of course. Got a wet cat at your window? No problem. Open the window and let it in. That's all you've got to do. Get your window locks sorted with window locks. I also have another cat here that is not even my cat. There's a ginger cat that just comes in and sleeps on a chair what? in our house. In your yeah, house? Uh, yeah, man. This, this is not my cat. Uh, but he's going to sit here beside me while we record that I think he wants out now, so I'm going to have to open the window again. This, and then I'm going to That happened anyone. to my my sister. We have our, our cat, Pablo. My sister was scrolling through Instagram and found a picture from a friend of a friend of just this guy hanging out with our cat. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so she messaged him and he was like, oh, dude, this cat comes to my house every day and we feed him. <laughs> and she was like, she's been cheating on us. So is he really fat, Pablo? Because he's getting two meals a day. 
No, man, he's running from house to house. He's getting his steps in. He's doing all right. He's lean, <laughs> a lean, mean. All right, all right. chill, Will. Machine. Chill, chill. I didn't mean to oh. offend. I didn't D- mean to offend Pablo. Yeah. Jeez, chill out. <laughs> don't try and don't try and body shame my cat. Oh, he's so happy t- in how he looks. Temperatures are rising here. Emotions are running high. <laughs> body shaming cats. Isn't that the true meaning of any Christmas special? <laughs> We're body shaming cats. <laughs> someone is gonna die before the end of this episode. Someone will die. <laughs> well, James, I would love you... Sean to write. A Do you know what? Film. It usually happens at the beginning of Christmas films, though. Like, there's a tragic death in the family, and then they all have to get over it, and they realise the meaning. What do you mean? Usually, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> will Ferrell and Elf doesn't go well. My my father's dead. I better go. <laughs> Live with his there's family. usually there's <laughs> usually okay. a tragic uh, death that opens if, a Christmas what film. The holiday, the holiday, the film, the holiday. He loses his wife, doesn't he? I have I have no idea. I watched it. It was one of the worst things I ever saw, and I Love tried to actually? avoid it. Love actually. Okay, there is. Oh, <laughs> hey, you know what? Credit okay. where credit's okay. due. Liam Neeson loses his wife in Love Actually. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. We don't. Oh, do you know what? And we actually Polar do see the funeral as no well. No deaths in Polar Express, mate. <laughs> what? Sorry, oh, Connor. There's a funeral. Sorry, Connor. Will rudely interrupted you there. What are you going to say? Oh, uh, no, that that's fine. That was a while ago now. I think delays, delays are. Oh, shit. I actually forgot about what I was saying, so I was temporarily confused there. Well, gents... Uh, well, thanks getting... for asking, Connor. In the last <laughs> ten minutes of this film, I'll tell you what happened. I think it's time now for a little quiz about this film, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Let's find out a little bit more about the film. Uh, so, in this quiz round, we're not going to operate a buzzer system because the aforementioned uh, Wi-Fi issues... So we're going to take it in turns, and we're going to start with Sean Matthews. Sean, question one for you. The opening title sequence of the film shows Santa Claus visiting the Griswold family home on Christmas Eve. Which of the following does not happen to Santa during the title sequence? A, he gets electrocuted by Christmas lights. B, he gets burned in the fireplace. C, he gets bitten on the bum by a rabid dog. Or D, he gets crushed by a giant snowman. Ooh, I would say I would say uh, D is the right answer to that question. You think D, he does not get crushed by a giant snowman? It's very difficult to get crushed by snow, guys. You, you, you clearly have never heard of uh, this phenomenon called avalanche. <laughs> uh, it's it's quite a famous method by which people do get crushed by snow. Which is I very mean, snow, heavy. Snowmen. <laughs> the most popular, I think, yeah. <laughs> well, Sean, you're claiming that during the title sequence, Santa Claus does not get crushed by a giant snowman. Yeah, that's what I said, yeah. You are incorrect. So over to Will. You have a chance to steal the points here, Will. Oh, yes. Which of the following does not happen to Santa during the title sequence? Does he... Get electrocuted by Christmas lights, get burned in a fireplace, or get bitten in the bo- uh, bitten in the bum by a rabid dog. Which one of those <laughs> three balls. does not happen to good old Saint Nick? I'm glad I, I only have 
I have a better chance of winning this, but uh, that's because true. there are only three options, but I'm still going to get it wrong. I think that dog, that dog at the end looked, he didn't look rabid. I think Ooh. if we're going on technicality, I rabid dog means the dog has rabies. So even if Santa <laughs> does get bitten on the bum by a dog, that is the dog doesn't have rabies, Connor, because no Christmas film has a dog <laughs> with rabies in it. I uh, think we so, all know that every uh, classic Christmas film opens with someone finding out that their dog has rabies. Like, that's that's a staple. And then they of die. The genre. <laughs> <laughs> so, Will, you're Santa's saying that in the opening the title sequence, Santa does not get bitten on the bum by a rabid dog. Yeah. You are correct, but for the wrong reasons. Uh, he, I, <laughs> I did not get into the meaning of rabid. I always just really associated the word rabid with vicious, uh, but I should have said vicious dog. Uh, but in fact, Santa does not get bitten by any dog. He does get electrocuted by Christmas lights. He does get burned in the fireplace mm. and he does get crushed by a massive snowman. Uh, so Will, lots of points. Hazards, Let's man. give you uh, 14 and a half points for that. Splendid. Uh, Sean, Thank you. No, Will, you, you get to answer this one first. Johnny Galecki. Stars nice. as Chevy Chase's son in this film. He is, of course, also in The Big Bang Theory. But why does Johnny Galecki still look the same 31 years after the release of this film? Is it A, diet, B, meditation, C, exercise, or D, he sold his soul for eternal youth and now there's a painting of him withering in an attic somewhere? It's either D or it's secret option E. Being a millionaire allows you access mm. to secret, um, secret youth-enhancing things. Oh, like uh, serums, like pictures mm. in the attic. So I'm going to say D slash E. D slash E. You get the points. It is about D. Johnny Galecki must have sold a soul for eternal youth, and neither is a painting of him withering in an attic somewhere. Points to Will. Let's give you another 14 and a half points for that. Splendid. You're all the way up to 29 points already. Sean, you're lagging behind, but here's your chance to pull some points back. The writer Sean's lagging film... behind. I'm literally lagging behind. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Matthews. The writer of this film, John Hughes, was responsible for a raft of other beloved Christmas films. Which of the following did he not write? A, Jingle All the Way, B, Home Alone, C, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, or D, Miracle on 34th Street? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say Home Alone 2. You think John Hughes did not write Home Alone 2? Uh, yes. Sean, you're incorrect. Oh, you think that he wrote Home Alone 1 and then just couldn't be bothered writing Home Alone 2? I Dreadful. didn't know he wrote Home Alone 1. But then why didn't you say Home Alone 1? The question was, which of these did he not write? Sean, you're all over the place here, mate. Help me help you. I want to give you points, Sean. But you're currently on minus. Who dies at the start of Home Alone? <laughs> the tarantula. Well... We're over to you. The tarantula lives. Well, over oh, to miracle you. On, miracle on 34th Street, surely. You think Miracle on 34th Street? But the, is he saying the old one or the new one? Because there's two different films there. There are three. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Will, you're saying Miracle on 34th Street. 
You think John Hughes Mir- did not write Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street is actually the the thirty fourth installment in that series. <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot Miracle on Fourteenth Street was actually egregiously racist. It was a real problematic film. We should do that some other time. Uh, <laughs> Will, you're incorrect. You just lost twenty seven of your oh, precious sh- points. Oh yes. Uh, oh, man, the correct no. answer was in fact that John Hughes did not write Jingle All the Way. The famous Arnold Schwarzenegger film in which he somehow escapes action from yeah, no, the American was, uh, Association for Protecting Animals when he that. punches a deer in the face. It's not okay. Also, That's classic he's called views. Howard. He's got that weird Annie voice. Like, how does his kid not know that he's terrible in that film? Annie, Jamie, that was Jamie. A good impression. Jamie, there's a bomb. It's uh <laughs> Very you good. might imagine my wife Didn't feels very all the way. fortunate. Does he say like, does he say get to the sleigh or something? Like, is there references to Arnie's work in it that's christmas Oh. I haven't seen it. Oh, that would be fun. Well, like that would a be reference clever. to get to the chopper. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, get to the sleigh isn't good, but I didn't write the film. I like it. John I like it. And he, you know. <laughs> So there we go. John Hughes did not write Jingle All the Way uh, because it's very bad and John Hughes was very good. Uh, this one for Will Seabag Montefiore. In one of the more confusing sequences in the film, yes. Chevy Chase's character is buying lingerie for his wife in a department store, but is distracted by the beautiful sales assistant who's wearing a revealing blouse. Which of the following things does not happen in the film? A. The sales assistant lifts her skirt to show her underwear to Chevy Chase and a young Johnny Galecki. B. The sales assistant kisses Chevy Chase under the mistletoe. Or C. There's a dream sequence where Chevy Chase fantasizes about the sales assistant stripping off in his garden. One oh, of those things man. does not I hope happen none in the of film. This happened. Oh, two of That's them did. That's all gross. I hate this question. I hate this film. Two mm. of them. Two of them. Two of them oh, happened. Man. One of them did um, not. So. Was it A, the sales assistant think, lifts her skirt to show I her underwear it's... to Chevy Chase and a young Johnny Galecki? B, the sales assistant kisses Chevy Chase under the mistletoe? Or C, there's a dream sequence where Chevy Chase fantasizes about the sales assistant stripping off in his garden? I think it's going to be... I, I, I'm going to make a guess at like the morality of like a 1989 film mm. being that surely infidelity... like. Cheating on your partner, even kissing someone under the mistletoe, bit gross. I mean, all the other stuff sounds pretty gross anyway. But mm. you know, some some woman showing them showing her pants—that's her being being a harlot. But the man is is the good. He's just having the fantasy. I don't know. I think mm. I, I, I think it is. They didn't kiss. Will, you're absolutely correct. They did not kiss. But she does lift her skirt to show the line of her underwear to Chevy Chase. And also later on in the film, he pictures her uh, in a swimsuit stripping off in his garden. So there we go. Like Stacey's mom. back 27 of those points. Thank God for that. All right, Sean. Hey, this one's over to, to you. All right, come on. Uh, within 1,000... I want to know, how many lights does Chevy Chase's character put on the outside of their house? You each are going to have three guesses, and the person who's closest to the correct answer wins the points. So, Sean, you're, you get, you're up first. Within a thousand, how many Christmas lights 
on the outside of the Griswold family home? I'm going to say 900, 990. Oh, shit, sorry. I just dropped my phone. 900, what happened? 999. Amazing. So within 1,000, you're going under 1,000. Yeah. Okay. Obviously incorrect. Will, <laughs> over to you. Wait, within 1,000? What do within you mean thousand, by within 1,000? That, that would be correct. No, I don't mean under a thousand. I mean to to the you know round up to a thousand. Whoever's closest, like oh, to a thousand. Let's thousands. say there were two hundred thousand lights, and I said, oh, okay, sorry, one hundred ninety-six thousand. Yeah, okay. you get it. Okay, in thousands. Now, Sean, that's not your fault. I was going to say, yeah, I, I was going to say nine hundred ninety-nine as well. I was absolutely Do you know on board. What? Bad question. It's yeah. Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's a time to put your hands up and say, "I fucked up." That's what Christmas yeah, is all but about. It's also a time to. It be was a bad question. Correct. That is true. That is true. All right. Uh, there were say... lots and lots of lights on the family home. How many thousands of lights were there on the family home? Sean six, Jones, you six get thousand, to go again. 6,500. <clears throat> okay, so rounding up to 1,000 here. Not a half thousand. So oh, do you want to say 7,000? 6,000, you're rounding down. 6,000. Jesus Christ. All right. No, not 6,000. Will, over to you. 8,000. Worst. 8,000. I have to say, this is the least I've ever enjoyed asking a question. No, Sean. <laughs> to be honest, it's pretty boring answering it too. But did I did I get it? Did I get it? No, mate. No, you get another guess. Maybe I should put us all out of our misery and just take. A, that's it. Right. Everybody's points are taken away from them. We're back to zero. Uh, he put up twenty-five thousand likes. You know, I wondered if that question was too boring, and then I thought, no, we'll have some fun with a guessing game. Ugh. Not I wish only, it was January. Not, only, not too boring. I'll give them. I'll give them extra goes and different attempts. What number will they say next? What's the most Christmassy number they can think of? We're into the fortieth hour of the podcast. And I don't know. Three thousand. Uh, no. Uh, Twenty-five thousand lights, but nobody cares anymore. Uh, let's go to Will for this one. Will. The elderly aunt who instigates the singing yes. of Star Spangled Banner at the end is famously voiced... Uh, sorry, she famously voiced which cartoon character? A, Minnie Mouse. B, Olive Oil from Popeye. C, Snow White. Or D, Betty Boop. I'm going to go straight... Ah, I was going to go straight for Olive Oil from Popeye, but instead I'm going to go for Betty Boop. Ooh, a last-minute change. Elderly aunt... Famously voiced which famous cartoon character? The correct answer is Betty Boop. Mm, I knew. Will, you're storming oh, back into a. this. Storming back into this. Yeah. Sean, you have a moment now to win some points and finally impress our audience with your knowledge. So, question seven. Mr. Shirley is the character of the miserly boss who ultimately gives into his employees the demands for a Christmas bonus after he's kidnapped on Christmas Eve. The actor who played Mr. Shirley has a far more famous brother. Is that brother A, Johnny Cash, B, Bill Murray, C, John Lithgow, or D, David Letterman? The boss uh, has a famous brother. Is it Johnny Cash, Bill Murray, 
John Lithgow or David Letterman? Bill Murray. Sean saying Bill Murray. And Sean is correct. Yes! Sean, this is your moment to shine, my man, and you did so astoundingly. Oh, this is close. All right. Uh, Will, Chevy Chase kept one piece of prop (laughs) slash costume from this film. Was it A, his character's dinosaur pyjamas, B, an eggnog glass in the shape of a moose, C, his character's Santa hat, or D, a string of Christmas lights? Chevy Chase took one thing away from filming. I was going to say... I was going to say that lady's underwear. They probably keep that being a creepy old dude. But um, I reckon it's the... If I was going to take something back, it'd either be the pyjamas or the eggnog cup. And I'm going to go... I can really picture Chevy Chase in those pyjamas, which says a lot about me, I think. Uh, So I'm picturing that now. (laughs) I'm excited by it. That's what I'm saying. You're saying that Chevy Chase kept his character's dinosaur pyjamas. The other options were eggnog glass yeah. in the shape of a moose, a Santa hat, or a string of Christmas lights. Well, you're absolutely correct. He did yeah. keep his character's dinosaur pyjamas. Oh, this, this is, is I am absolutely now. crushing this. You are on fire here. All right, Sean, I believe in you. You can get this. Doris Roberts played Chevy Chase's mother-in-law in the film. She also famously played a character's mother in which beloved sitcom? A. She played Phoebe's mother in Friends. B. She played Johnny Galecki's mother in The Big Bang Theory. C. She played Raymond's mother in Everybody Loves Raymond. Or D. She played Steve Carell's mother in the American version of The Office. Doris Roberts. I'm going to say she played Raymond's mother in Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, and you are correct. Woo! Amazing, 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 amazing. Uh, That is absolutely correct. She did play. uh, And I I can do an Everybody Loves Raymond impression that is no good for anything. But the brother in Everybody Loves Raymond, do you remember him? Yeah, (laughs) policeman. Raymond. Hey, Mm -hmm. Raymond. Ma's going to be annoyed, Raymond. That's my impression of him. So there we go, everyone. Whoa! That's Merry a Christmas Chuck Norris impression. from Re- <laughs> <laughs> All right. Will, you get the last question Yo. to win the quiz. Mm. You get the next question right, you get five points. That takes you to 85, and you win. Chevy Chase famously hosted the first ever weekend update feature on Saturday Night Live. His legendary sign off was I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. For five points, name five other people who aren't Chevy Chase. Uh, okay, okay. Um, how many people? Five. Five. You've got eight seconds left. Uh, okay, I'm gonna say Chevy Chase and Chuck oh, Norris. Chevy I'm Chase. Sorry. Willem oh. Dafoe. Oh no. No. Oh no. What happened? Well, I'm sorry you got it wrong. Chevy Chase is Chevy Chase. And indeed, as we found out earlier, Chuck Norris is also Chevy Chase. It's Willem Dafoe Chevy Chase. Oh, that that one, that's true. To the best of my, Well, Sean, is Willem oh. Dafoe Chevy Chase? 
William Defoe is not Chevy Chase. He's not, but Chuck Norris and Chevy Chase are Chevy Chase. They are the same. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, right, what's sorry, happened man, here I, I is with your failure to win those five points, each of you end this round in a tie, both on 80 out of 85 points. Well done, boys! What a Christmas Fantastic. end. Let's sing the oh, national anthem. Everyone shares <laughs> eggnog. All right. What, Our what next is eggnog made of? Uh, egg oh. and nog. No, you mix up eggs and you heat up eggs and cream and rum and stuff. I tried to make it once and it was really delicious. But if you leave it on the hob too long and you don't stir it enough, it will scramble. And scrambled eggnog is fucking gross. Yeah, it becomes cheese. <laughs> I'm not sure that no, it is doesn't become you cheese. cheese, Sean. You say it becomes and cheese. And actually, Sean, what's cheese really unfortunate about this... What's really unfortunate, Sean, is that we co-wrote and performed a whole thing about cheese together. One of the sections was literally about how cheese was made. And then you come on this podcast and ask if scrambled egg is how you make cheese. Oh, yeah. I've been doing it, I've been doing do you want a glass of milk? Yeah, just beat two eggs. <laughs> beat, beat I'm just two I'm eggs struggling to find out like what a cheeseburger looks like in the, the Jones or the Matthews household. I mean, just scrambled egg. It's like, oh yeah, I had a cheeseburger. Yeah, Muppet. <laughs> you Muppet. <laughs> All right. Our next round, gents, is the Chevy Chase round, of course. Chevy Chase is the star of the film, and he's also one of Hollywood's most infamous assholes. He's notoriously difficult to work with, and putting it mildly, <laughs> seems like a troubled man. Putting it plainly, he's a piece of shit. In this quiz, you're going to tell me if the statements I make about Chevy Chase are fact or if I've made them up in their total fiction. We started with Sean Matthews last time, so Will, you're going to start this round for us. Is this statement about Chevy Chase fact or fiction? Chevy Chase used the N-word on the set of Community to refer to co-star Donald Glover. Oof. Also known as Charles Gambino, of course. don't... I think... Yeah, I... I so, I'm a big... A community fan and I listened to Harmontown big fan of Dan Harmon's mm. uh, podcast and um, he's spoken a lot about Chevy Chase and so I'm hoping that I'm going to be good on this round I I feel like so here's my here's my thoughts that you didn't ask for I feel sure. like that sounds like it surely shouldn't have happened that's unacceptable but I don't know if you'd make that up as a question hence <laughs> I am saying that did happen I see. So you're you're saying you're saying it's fact not because you believe in Chevy, but because you believe that I wouldn't make up a scenario in which someone would use the N word. Exactly. I think, I think your heart's too big, Connor. I don't think you you you're too kind and you're too loving and you're too. too Although, big. if we're wrong, you're gonna feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> This is so high stakes now because yeah, if you're like no, you're such a yeah. lovely guy, and then it's no, I made it up. Oh, that's not gonna look good. Uh, it is unfortunately fact. Yeah, Chevy Chase did use the N word to refer to Donald Glover on the set of Community. Was he uh, in the show? Or was he behind the scenes? Uh, it was behind the scenes. Oh. He was unhappy with the writing of his character Pierce and Community. <laughs> And he said, what next? Is he going to call so-and-so? And then he said the word. 
And Donald Glover was understandably not delighted with that. Anyway, that's not Christmassy. The N word isn't Christmassy. Uh, I didn't think that would make it into any Christmas special. White supremacy isn't Christmassy. Well, I don't know. Maybe it is. <laughs> Uh, Sean, in the mid-80s, Chevy Chase suggested that Saturday Night Live's first openly gay cast member, Terry Sweeney, should appear in a weekly sketch where they weigh him to see if he has AIDS. Is that fact or fiction about Chevy Chase? What? Is this this is just a round where where we find out how horrible a person Chevy Chase is. And I feel bad. Or me if I made it up. I feel bad that we've now associated Jimmy Chase with Chuck Norris, who is probably also quite a bad guy. <laughs> um, I would say it, it was it, it was an idea that might not have come into motion. So I'd say, yeah, that's going to be true. He probably did have that. You think idea. that's fact? Yeah. So, yeah, your, your rationale is that it was only an idea and that it never actually made it to air on Saturday Well, you night know night. what? You know, you never know. It was the 80s. Oh, no, don't say it did. It did not make it to air, but but Chevy Chase did suggest that SNL's first openly gay cast member should appear in a weekly sketch where they weigh him to see if he has AIDS. Chevy Chase is an asshole. (laughs) Hey, look, guys, sketch comedy is hard, man. It's you know you throw ideas at the wall, and sometimes they're deeply offensive to the core of someone's being, and sometimes they're just jokes. It's hard to tell the difference. Sometimes jokes tear the soul out of a community. But you know what? No bad ideas and brainstorming. Uh, exactly. It's also like if if one person laughs, then it's okay. I think that's the Chevy Chase guarantee. And if that one person is just Chevy Chase, that's even better. All right, Will. This one uh, relates directly to this film. On the set of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation... Chevy Chase told the young children in the cast that Santa Claus wasn't real, apparently, as a joke. <laughs> is this fact? See, or that, is it fiction? That kind of shit, that is, that is horrible. Oh, but that's, fun, that's at least funnier. That's less... That's less... Yeah, it's less offend- Wildly well, problematic and like... You're, you're ruining a kid's That's dream. the kind of... <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of Hollywood story that you're like, haha, that's funny. But the reality of it, you're like, oh, if that happened to my kids or my nephew or whatever, then I'd be like, oh, no, why would you be such a horrible person? Uh, I'm going to yeah. say this is, ooh, could this be Connor's first? This is a tamer one. Maybe Connor's made this one up. Hmm. I think it's true. I think he probably did say that. It's actually made up. I made that one up I, to I the best of my knowledge. Well I think done. Jimmy Chase. I think Jimmy Chase's morals stand more within not telling kids about Santa Claus than they do about discriminating to the minorities of the world. If there's one thing I know about Chevy Chase, is that he would never intentionally ruin life for a straight white person, <laughs> and that's why he would not have taught his straight white children about Santa Claus. So that was fiction. Sean Matthews, over to you. Question four. Chevy Chase was offered the lead role in The Santa Claus, uh, but turned it down. The role eventually went to famous drug trafficker Tim Allen. (laughs) Is that fact or fiction? That's not funny. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Is that fact or fiction? Um, Yeah, I would say that's probably true. He probably did get that. He probably did get, uh, went up for the role. 
Oh, you think he was offered it but turned it down? That is fact, Sean. He did turn down the role of... Uh, mm. Oh, what's his name again? Scott Calvin, of course, mm. who ultimately becomes Santa Claus. He also turned down the role of Forrest Gump, apparently. Ooh. Mind you, I'm glad he did, because I know. life is like a oh box of chocolates. <laughs> and no, life imagine. is like a box of chocolates. I only buy the white ones. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. I think chocolate should be separated. <laughs> All right, Will, over to you. <laughs> Question five for Will. Yo. Chevy Chase punched Randy Quaid in the face on the set of the original National Lampoon's Vacation movie in 1983 after an argument about the catering. <laughs> I don't know what a Randy McQuaid is, but it sounds like a, a name of that period, and I think I've heard that before. I think I've heard that as fact. Sounds like Chevy Chase would punch him in the face. Uh, I don't know what they were arguing about. So but, Ra- um... Randy Quaid was the actor who played Cousin Eddie, uh, who brought the the boss oh, at the yeah. end of the film. Randy Quaid, also an Oscar winner, we should say. Uh, oh, but yes. But pretty best cool. For uh, yeah, Cousin I reckon Eddie. they argued about it. I, I reckon... Chevy Chase was offended by the uh, the variety of options. And he was like, why is there Mexican food? I just want American food. And Randy Quaid was like, dude, you can't say that stuff. And then he just went, Phew. he lamp-ooned him. Lamped him? I don't know. Oh, I like it. I like it. Well, that is, in fact, fiction. To the best of my knowledge, Chevy oh, Chase man. never punched Randy Quaid in the face. But he did punch Bill Murray backstage at Saturday Night Live. And frankly, Uh, keep your fucking hands off Bill Murray. You can go after marginalized groups, but when you come after Bill Murray, we got a problem. Uh, Sorry, marginalized groups, that was a joke. And uh, clearly one in very poor taste. Sean Matthews. Chevy Chase angrily left a voicemail for his boss, Dan Harmon, on the sitcom Community and called him a goddamned alcoholic fat shit and told him to suck his cock. Is that fact or have I made it up? Can you say that, the, the bit, what he said on the phone again? I'd be delighted to. Chevy Chase left a voicemail for Dan Harmon <laughs> on the sitcom community and called him a goddamned alcoholic fat shit uh, and told him to suck his cock. Yeah, Did Chevy Chase do this or am true. I making it up? I think that's true, yeah, I think that's true. It is true. He also told him he'd be lucky to live to the age of 57. Uh, Chevy Chase, he's just a sweetheart. Uh, just an absolute sweetheart. Uh, but it's all well. right because he's, he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he, do, he does the thing with the Christmas lights. That's funny. So all's forgiven. <laughs> Will, uh, Chevy Chase was originally cast yes. as Will Ferrell's father in the hit Christmas film Elf, but quit after the table read after calling Will Ferrell amateurish and about as funny as cancer. Oh, fuck. This guy, Jesus. I think he's, he's, definitely, he's definitely said that. I'm sure he's said that sort of thing before. I don't know if he'd say it to, to Will Ferrell, but he probably feels incredibly threatened by Will Ferrell. Yeah, I was going to say. Nicer yeah. and funnier. Mm. Um, so I'm going to say it's true. It sounds true. You're saying this is fact. It's actually fiction. I made that one up, uh, which isn't very nice. Whoa. But 
He has on yeah, numerous occasions said that he good. doesn't really find Will Ferrell yeah. funny. Uh, so he doesn't like Will Ferrell. I think for those reasons that you guys cited, I think he just feels threatened by a new generation of funnier people coming through. Uh, but yes, I did make up yeah. those horrible things that he said. Uh, apologies to anybody offended Very by well, that. well made up. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, Sean, this one's for you. Chris Columbus, the famous director of Home Alone and Home Alone 2 and the Harry Potter films, was due to direct this film. And the guy but... discovered America. Whoa. Mm. hey uh, He was due to direct this film, but quit after only two meetings with Chevy Chase, saying he couldn't work with him. Is that fact or fiction? Fish Columbus. Oh, fiction. It's actually fact. Oh. Chris Columbus was originally slated mm. to direct this film. It would have been his first big film, I think or one of his first big films. He met Chevy Chase twice, couldn't work with him. But as way of apology, John Hughes, who wrote this, who also wrote Home Alone, uh, he sent Chris Columbus the Home Alone script instead. So didn't that work out well for Chris? Wow. All right, well, God, over to imagine you here. being such an asshole and still being employed. It's so annoying. Like, so many nice people don't get employed. And he just lived at a time when he was just awful. And not that good, but... Hired. It's so unacceptable. Yeah. Well, he's not really employed anymore. Uh, he's kind of one of the few people that I've heard who's so dreadful that he just doesn't get employed anymore. So there's some hope. Yeah, uh, yeah. But here we go. Will, your next Chevy Chase fact or fiction Yo. is Chevy Chase described Donald Trump as the best thing ever to happen to America, <laughs> saying that he would finally do something about, quote, the Mexican problem. Is that no, a I can't. Or no, Chevy no, it can't be true. It can't be. That can't be true. It's not true. If this is true, he definitely didn't go to Mexico at the beginning of the film because there's no <laughs> Chevy Chase would have been <laughs> <laughs> It is fiction. I made that up. Okay. I coined the term Ooh. the Mexican problem, although I'm sure some Republican is. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, what Conor McReynolds believes and stands by <laughs> and actually to Chevy's mild credit he is actually a committed Democrat who uh, donated generously to John Kerry's uh, election campaign uh, so there we go Chevy Chase he's a Democrat with a heart of shit uh, <laughs> the last one is for Sean Matthews Johnny Carson slammed Chevy Chase once by saying he couldn't, and I quote, ad-lib a fart after a baked bean dinner. <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that is gold if you've made that up, but I think that's true. I wish I'd made it up, but yes, Johnny Carson did once say this of Chevy Chase. So there we go. We now know that's some, amazing. some of the horrible stuff that Chevy Chase has done. This round could have been 20 questions long and I still wouldn't have covered half the stuff that I'd read about Chevy. But oh, I think, I think in I the think spirit of Christmas, we should all say, fuck you, Chevy. Will, do you want to go first? Fuck you, Chevy Chase. Brilliant. Sean? Fuck you, Chevy Chase. And from me, Connor McReynolds, fuck you, Chevy. Our final round in this podcast is called... <clears throat> I'm going to take that again. The final round in this is called The Next 10 Minutes. You guys watched the last 10 minutes of the film, 
But now I want to know what you think would have happened if the cameras had kept rolling at the Griswold family home. Will, we're going to ask you first. If the film was 10 minutes longer, what do you think we would have seen? I think the sewer gas would have been more prominent and they'd been all dancing and singing and, and they'd have the smooch outside. They'd go back inside, ready for Christmas Day. But then slowly the kids would get impacted by it first because it's quite dense gas so it rises up but slowly so the kids start like twitching and being a bit weird and the the SWAT they start they take the guns out of the SWAT team's holsters because they're now just trying to get with the rest of the family and then the kids as in all Christmas films just start shooting and polluting just killing everybody and basically it's all about like puberty and growing up and how you grow out of Christmas and the kids are the only innocent ones so it's the end of the film suddenly has a dark twist where it shows that your innocence dies after you learn about Santa not being real oh my word that is a busy 10 minutes but one that I would love to watch Sean what before I ask you what you think would happen if the film went on for 10 more minutes what would be your reaction to that last that that new revised we'll see back Montefiore version of the last 10 minutes of National Olympians Christmas Vacation. Would you watch that? Yeah, my reaction would be, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. I like, Finally, I like someone with the guts to actually say this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We get to the real yeah. things now, because it was all it was all tinkle winkle and twenty five thousand <laughs> Christmas lights, and then. That's a fascinating really, fact. Really Thank you for in. dropping that in. No worries. Um, and uh, and now we're getting to the crux of it. I think Will's is quite like, I think it's going to be quite like my uh, next 10 minutes as well. Oh, yeah. Well, what, what do you think would happen? <sighs> if you were the director and the writer and you kept things going for another 10 minutes, what would we see? Would so they I've... finally get that Mexican vacation? <laughs> I think what would happen would be that they're singing uh, the American National Anthem and then the SWAT team come in and they get confused and shoot the old lady and everyone, and um, and they have and they eat each other, but they don't eat everyone. It's it's a, it's a kind of it's a nod towards police violence, but it's a bit of a confused one, and um, and they just eat everyone, and then um, and then uh, Chevy Chase is like, "What are you gonna do?" <laughs> so okay. So in your version, it's a living. what I'm not clear about is, is it the SWAT team that are eating everyone? No, no. The SWAT team go in, they kill everyone, then sure. they go. And then Chevy Chase is just left there. And he, he has okay. to kind of, he, he sits down, oh, lights gotcha. a candle yeah, yeah, yeah. and then starts eating people. And he goes, and could you do <laughs> brilliant. That, that impression. So he sort of turns into Bill Cosby at the end with the guy. What you gonna do with the pimpin' and the poppin' and the eating the family? That's that's extraordinary. So Chevy Chase has become Chuck Norris meets Bill Cosby meets Hannibal Lecter in your last ten minutes. Well, a lot to digest there. No pun intended. What what do you think of Sean's last ten minutes? Um, I think it. It's definitely more confusing, I would argue, than yeah. mine is. It's got a similar yeah. violent end. I don't quite understand, A, how Chevy survives, and B, yeah. how he's made the step 
from just being a normal dude to being a cannibal comfortable with eating his raw, recently killed family. Those Sean are didn't fair questions. Well, also, the, we've learned. We've there learned. doesn't seem to be any investigation. Like, do SWAT teams just come in and shoot everyone and then be like, well, our work here is done. No more <laughs> investigation. No paperwork here. Yeah. Listen. It's the 80s. <laughs> it's the 80s. Um, no, yeah, he, he, we've learned a lot about Chevy Chase, and I think one of the things for sure, yeah. he, he wouldn't think twice before eating people. <laughs> that is true. That is a Chevy Chase fact. He would just eat his dead family. Uh, well, two, two, I think it's fair to say, very different visions of a new 10 minutes or deleted yeah. scenes from National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, Will, yours has got real kind of Darren Aronofsky vibes. Uh, who who do you picture? Uh, Which filmmaker do you think would most accurately capture the last ten minutes or the next ten minutes of of this film for you? I th- I think I'd probably because it'd be like it probably it'd be like a comedic comedic horror twist. Oh, I'd yeah. get I'd ask Edgar Wright to do it. I think that'd be really fun. Oh, that would be good. I would like that. Sean, you're because um, he'd do a load of foreshadowing at the start and would like get it all. You'd be like, "Well, why does the sewers all smell weird?" And the kids would be acting a bit weird all the way through, you know, yeah, but not yeah, super yeah. weird. I like but, that. I'm into yeah. it. Uh, Sean, your horrorscape of Chevy uh, Chase surrounded by his dead family, tucking into uh, yeah, I think the thigh of his a, father-in-law. Mine would be a stark contrast from the rest of the film, so I think it would have to be someone like. I think tonally it doesn't seem to fit, but you seem committed to the bit. So I'd who would you have? Steve McQueen, someone like that. Someone who could really like talk about these are, these are real issues, guys. But then also, <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> these are That's real so issues. <laughs> are they, though? Are no. they, though? I mean, cannibalism... <laughs> Is an issue, but it's it's not. I wouldn't say it's a very, you know, it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, it's thankfully <laughs> less commonplace, even in Christmas films. Like, no, as we all know, it's a trope it of the genre where at the beginning of a Christmas film, everyone tucks into their least favorite family member. Yeah, and the fallout is just based on eating <laughs> grandma. I mean, I Why? think that's a, that's that's a fair point. Like when you're when you're tucking down to Christmas lunch dinner this year, just make sure that it is a turkey, and <laughs> <laughs> not and not a niece. If you take away one thing from this podcast, listener, it's please don't eat your sister this Christmas. <laughs> Extraordinary stuff. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm quite glad that the film ended where it did because. I'm not sure I want to see those next 10 minutes. Is, 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 is. Maybe next I'm doing minutes, a service. Yeah, I the think next 10 were. minutes. Is, 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 is. I think um, I'm excited about seeing the rest of the film, though. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing, mm. uh, you know, Chuck oh, Norris yeah. doing his thing. Um, Some of the highlights being. Can I ask? Will, go for um, it. Connor, what, what would you, you actually knowing the entire film, what would your next 10 minutes be? Well, I mean, you'll remember, of course, that the, the sort of the SWAT team crashed through the windows uh, and, you know, guns, guns held up and everything. Uh, there's a large explosion 
when the great uncle lights a cigar and drops the match and the sewer. There's just this big explosion. I think the next 10 minutes are a haze of more police arriving because neighbours have called to say there was a massive fucking explosion while half the family are inside just sweeping up windows, like calling window fitters and saying, yeah, I know it's Christmas Eve, but we have no windows in our house now. I think it's a very boring next 10 minutes of just admins sorting out the 10 minutes that we just watched because the house is a goddamn mess at the end of the film. And they all just stand outside singing the national anthem, not thinking about how cold the house is going to get overnight. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just a very administrative next 10 minutes. Cool. Which is probably I, why I think that's it. probably what happens in most films. Most films at the end of the film, it's the story stops there because the rest of it is just like... Sweeping It's up. just like Simba <laughs> being told how to be a king. Like, it's like, right, here are your duties. Here's what you got to do. Uh, this is we have to make a couple of policies on this, and it's just dull. It's like Muppet Christmas Carol. We don't want to know what happened on Boxing Day. No, do you know no, what I mean? Mate, like, don't. I mean, Scrooge could have gone back to the way he was, and we don't want to know that. I honestly don't want to know what course of treatment Tiny Tim got. Like, it's enough for me to hear we'll get him the best. <laughs> I don't want to see that appointment where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, so here's what we're going to do. And Scrooge is like, shit, that is costing a lot more. Like, I know I said I'd pay for it. But actually, that is, I did not realize he was this unwell. <laughs> I'll cover some of it. All the, the doctors are like, we've never, we've never seen this problem before. We can't actually do anything for you. We can make things better. Like, exactly. as we can palliatively care for you, but you are going to die, <laughs> Tiny Tim. Like, that's not Christmassy. <laughs> Dickens yeah. does make a huge claim at the end of that book where he says, and Tiny Tim, who did not die. So is Tiny Tim still alive? Or did he eventually die? <laughs> I think what Dickens means is Tiny Tim, who didn't die as a child, and that's fine. But if he didn't die, then mm. I demand a sequel, Dickens. Like, what's Tiny Tim doing nowadays? Just called, just called Tim. Tim, yeah. <laughs> Average size Tim. <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah and like with home alone as well the next 10 minutes would just be because one thing we don't see is how macaulay culkin got the house back to normal where when his mum gets back the next day the house is spotless except of course for the gold tooth on the mm. floor but did macaulay culkin just go home and sweep up and clean all night i mean that doesn't seem realistic. I also think if if you came back from holiday, your kid had been alone for like a week, and he befriended an old man, you'd be a bit like, "Whoa, what happened?" The, the next ten minutes will be the parents <laughs> calling over at the old man's and saying, "I want you to stay away from my son." Yeah. <laughs> also, surely trying to look into some sort of therapy for like definitely PTSD because I know he dealt with it very well, but that kid like fought two burglars two grown-up men who survived mm. everything well yeah. i think i think the last mm. the next 10 minutes of home alone is maybe macaulay culkin's life oh just because he what he, he's taken a turn you know sure sure i mean he, oh. he did come back in home alone too he did. so the next 10 minutes would have to take place between home alone one and home alone two that's, oh, yeah, that's not? true, actually. And he didn't change that mm. much. They basically decided to go on holiday to New York and they definitely took him with him. But then he got lost again. Ah! <laughs> yeah, the actually, next the 10 family... minutes is just his parents going, this will never 
happen again. We <laughs> promise. <laughs> and then a Even Bond style end screen coming up saying Macaulay Culkin will return in Home Alone 2. They fucking did it again. <laughs> and then so much so, the, next, the last 10 minutes of Home Alone 2 is like, we'll never do it again. And it's a different kid. They lost him again. It is a different kid. And they found a different one. But then in Home Alone 4, <laughs> was it not the case that I read something about Home Alone 4 being about uh, Kevin McAllister again, but his parents have divorced and he's spending Christmas with his dad. But none of the original cast returned for that. It's mad. I think that's right, or else (laughs) I've just had a weird acid trip. And I've never taken acid, so it would be super weird. Well, only one way to find it. Connor, you just had a sip of vinegar and were like, whoa, this acid is crazy. Connor, I'd like to know where you were when you watched this film for the first ever time. Can you remember? Oh, my God. Mm, Nice. Uh, My guess, I think I only watched it for the first time like about maybe two, three years ago. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, and I will have been... My my usual way in with a film that I'm not entirely sure if it's going to be good is I need a film on while I'm wrapping a lot of presents so that I can sort of pay attention to it, but then if I'm not enjoying it, it's no big deal because I'm doing something else anyway. So my guess is I will have been sat uh, in my wife's childhood bedroom with the door closed, wrapping a pile of presents, and I will have had it on in the background. And when he's fantasizing about the woman stripping in his garden, I will have been thinking, oh God, I really hope my mother-in-law doesn't walk in right now. Uh, Because if I'm just sat with the door closed in a room watching a woman stripping off, that's not Christmassy fun. That's awkward. So yeah, I think that no, was No, you got to do that together as a family at Christmas. <laughs> exactly. The family who watches porn together celebrates together. That's the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> and then uh, well, you kill and eat each other at the end. It's a lovely way, lovely way to finish the podcast there. Isn't it? This Christmas, from everyone at the last 10 minutes, watch porn with your loved ones. <laughs> 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 I would uh, I would like to ask what everybody's Christmas wish is for this Christmas. Oh, oh that's nice. Sean Matthews. Well, my Christmas wish would be able to get where I want to go um, on Wednesday uh, and uh, be able to celebrate with family. Oh, wow, that's a lovely selfish wish. Uh, I wish that the vaccine gets rolled out on Christmas Eve by Santa Claus and everyone's well by Christmas Day. But, Sean, your, your wish is fine. That's fine. You... So long as you look out for you and your family, that's cool. But yeah, my wishes for the world. Will? Uh, my Christmas wish is that I get a ni- nice present. No, my Christmas <laughs> wish is that uh, Chevy Chase sees the error of his ways oh, and uh, stops being nasty to people. Makes a public and, um, apology. And generally, that people people stop being so awful. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> oh, that's a nice Christmas wish. Actually, my, mine is very similar to Sean. Uh, my wife and I are in Oxford this year for the first time for Christmas. Uh, we're not seeing family. So my Christmas wish is that I don't fuck up Christmas dinner. Uh, if I can cook a whole turkey. Nice. What are you making for Christmas dinner? Well, we're, we're having a summit next Thursday. It's my wife's first, uh, first day of her Christmas holiday. And we're going to get drunk at lunchtime and plan the whole menu. So it could be fun. Uh, we, we got a turkey in the, in, the, in the freezer. 
Uh, I'm going to make a ham. I haven't decided yet whether I'm going to boil it in Coca-Cola or not. Because uh, that's a thing. Dr. Pepper. As a, as a vegetarian for ten and a half years, eleven years, doing Dr. Pepper. Why not? Dr. Pepper lived the dream. Dr. Nobody Pepper's knows what Dr. Pepper the, tastes. Uh, yeah, man. Is Dr. Pepper the most corrosive? It's entirely possible. I guess the risk, of course, if it's an overly corrosive liquid that I boil the ham in, that there's just no ham left at the end of <laughs> yeah. the vaguely ham-flavored, hot, flat Dr. Pepper. But you know what? Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of mistake you have to make for yourself. That's why they call it. A really it. satiated doctor. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. Thank you for the ham. Yeah. I'm off now. <laughs> right. Oh, well, thanks very much, Connor. That was a good a, I had a great wishes. time. What a Christmas it's been time marvelous. we had. Thanks Thank for hosting, guys Connor. So much. It's fantastic. I, 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 oh. just can't, I just can't wait. You've made it so festive. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff about Chevy Chase's racism. <laughs> uh, yeah, really yeah, added yeah. to the Christmas spirit. I'm glad I was able to do that. <laughs> Connor, is that before we go, I'd, two things. I'd like you to uh, plug plug your stuff and tell people where they can listen to your excellent, Ooh. excellent podcasts. And then after that, I'd like Sean to sing a Christmassy version of the American National Anthem. Oh, yes. Oh, that's wonderful. I want to get my stuff done very quickly because I want to get to the song. Uh, I host two wonderful podcasts. We've just finished the first series of each of them. The Jericho Comedy Podcast, where we speak to some of our wonderful performers who perform at Jericho Comedy regularly. You can hear stand-up clips. We play some silly games, and we talk a lot about comedy. And in The Dinner Party, our other podcast through Jericho Comedy, I interview wonderful people about their dream dinner parties. We talk about the venue, the menu, and the guest list. And we hear all about who those guests would be, why they would be invited, what you would talk to them about, etc. They're very fun, very interesting conversations. That's all I got. You can go to jerichocomedy.com forward slash podcasts to listen to those. Or you can visit www.connormcreynolds.com for more of my radio, podcast, and writing work. They're brilliant podcasts. I definitely recommend them. I endorse them. You guys are yeah, man, two of my favourites. They're excellent. You charmers, you stop. I'm so excited for Sean's song now. Here we go. It's the Christmas of the free And the trees <laughs> all in bloom What you gonna do? <laughs> Uh, Merry Christmas, guys! Merry Christmas, everyone! And a happy Christmas! Goodbye!